Have you noticed the conversation starting to change? Eating disorders are beginning to be spoken about in the mainstream media as the critical issue that they are. The eating disorder emergency. Crisis is the only word you can use. The system is broken. If your child had a life-threatening illness, you wouldn't be discharged to the care of your GP. That's how she's remembered. That's wrong. This is a story from Four Corners on the ABC, the public broadcaster, they dedicated 45 minutes to eating disorders earlier this year. I would prefer to tell someone that I'm addicted to meth. Feels more like a monster. Telling you what to do. Yeah. Suffering in silence. No one in Australia should be dying from anorexia. An alien has replaced my daughter. The eating disorder... And yes, the male voice in there was me. I'm always happy to help out if journalists ask. So please just ask. But the story gets deeper than the broadcast media. There's a concerted political movement that transcends party politics underway in Australia right now. Uh, Zoe Daniel and Susan Templeman and myself wanted to create a greater awareness of what is happening in our community. We've been absolutely avalanched in my office by families and people from across the country and also from within my electorate saying thank you for raising this and that it really needs action. I don't think there'd be an electorate office in the country where someone hasn't phoned in and said at at the end of their tether saying, I don't know what to do, my son or my daughter or my partner uh, is suffering from some sort of eating disorder and I just can't get the help I need. It actually has been quite interesting to have those conversations with other MPs that it doesn't seem to be potentially confined to what you might think of as the stereotypical groups. Labor, Liberal and Teal coming together to make some real changes. I'm Sam Eiken and this is Butterfly Let's Talk, thanks to Butterfly Foundation and Waratah Education Foundation. Eating disorders is one of a whole group of things that as a government, we've failed to really tackle for a long, long time. It's been taboo. It's a horrible thing to talk about. People feel uncomfortable talking about it. So we need to end that. This is Susan Templeman. She's a Labor MP for the seat of Macquarie, and she's one of the three federal MPs who are leading the Parliamentary Friendship Group for Eating Disorder Awareness. The One of the reasons I'm in politics is because I stood in my kitchen one day, having been partway through a journey with a teenager who was suicidal and had had long-running mental health issues. And I remember standing there with my husband saying to him, how do other families do this? How do they get through it? Here we are. There's two of us for a start. Um, We've only got one other child to worry about. We're externos, so we're reasonably forceful in in asking questions and trying to navigate away. We didn't have huge financial pressures on us. So if there was something we thought would help, we were able to make that happen generally. And I said to him, we have got everything going for us and look what it's doing. It's tearing us apart. It's really hard on on our son. It's hard for the whole family. And I remember saying to him, if I was in a different set of circumstances, I don't know how I'd do this. I don't know what more I could do uh, for, you know, a struggling, a struggling teenager. And so I think if people know that we're coming to this with really hard, painful experiences where we've managed to get through them, just by the grace of God, we've got through them. And we're now saying, damn it, this should not be repeated for other people. When 
you know, the MPs started to talk about their experiences, either, you know, firsthand or as clinicians in Parliament, it was very heartwarming because it's not easy to talk about these things. Outgoing CEO for Butterfly Foundation, Kevin Barrow, says it's hugely encouraging to see things moving the way that they are, especially in federal parliament. We know from our research that there's a huge amount of stigma associated with eating disorders and, and really having the courage to talk openly about that, I think, encourages all of us to, to talk openly about what can change. We uh, have a lived experience um, with my family. Um, I won't go into any great details, but uh, you know we've been involved in the eating disorder space for many years, and uh, I know firsthand um, how challenging it is for uh, not just the, the person suffering from eating disorders, but the challenges that it causes to the family uh, that has to pick up the pieces. My name's Andrew Wallace. I'm the federal member for Fisher. Uh, I live on the Sunshine Coast with my wife and uh, our youngest of four daughters. All of the MPs we spoke to in this episode said that the understanding of eating disorders among their parliamentary colleagues was pretty low. But they say that's increasing, and that is thanks to people with lived experience speaking out, hearing from people who've been there, which is what makes the work of these three politicians in this particular area all the more important. When I first learnt that one of my family members um, had a, an eating disorder, you know, my typical dad, you know, I, I, when my wife spoke to me, I, my first question is, well, what the hell's an eating disorder? And, uh, you know, like, how can someone suffer from an eating disorder? It's pretty simple. As a human being, you need food and you need water. You, you put food in your mouth and you move your mouth up, you, you jaw up and down and you swallow. How hard can that be? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I came at this from the same position as uh, I think every other Australian does, and that is if they don't have a lived experience, they have no concept as to what it is like to have a son or a daughter or, or a wife or a partner um, that, that goes through, you know, this incredibly debilitating illness, and it is an insidious illness. The two major party MPs that we've just heard from, representing the Red and the Blue team respectively, in this unique non-partisan group are joined by a Teal Independent to round out their leadership gang of three. I am Zoe Daniel. I am the Independent Member for Goldstein in the Federal Parliament of Australia. I am a former journalist of long standing. I was a foreign correspondent for the ABC for off and on for 15 years and I've been a federal MP since May 2022. Something that was already prevalent and an increasing issue has really spiked over the last few years. We know that the hospitals are overwhelmed, the support services are very fragmented, and I, I think that uh, for me it's become very clear that this is a really hot-button issue for a lot of people who are battling eating disorders, but also their families who are trying to support them through that, that in incredibly difficult circumstances. I've found since I've raised this in the parliament last year that parliamentarians from all different parts of the parliament and indeed from different geographies have come to me and said, this is a huge issue. Either there's potentially someone in their own family, someone they know, or they really see the presence of eating disorders in their communities. Uh, it's interesting, I think, that 
it's cross-cutting across regional and rural electorates and city electorates. It's east to west coast. Uh, so the prevalence is everywhere, I think, and it actually has been quite interesting to have those conversations with other MPs that it doesn't seem to be potentially confined to what you might think of as the stereotypical groups. With three prominent politicians getting behind this issue, surely that's a sign that our leaders are beginning to understand what eating disorders are, how bad the problem is, and how short our health system is falling in looking after it. But Andrew Wallace told us a story that suggests that's probably not the case. Well, I remember very distinctly sitting around uh, the cabinet table. I'm not a member of cabinet, but I was invited to come and um, give some advice to the Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, uh, several years ago. Uh, he called a meeting around, uh, specifically around mental health. Um, and I remember sitting around the table, and, and I won't name names, but a very senior person uh, involved in mental health um, assured the Prime Minister that, um, you know, as a country, we were uh, getting on top of eating disorders, that we were we understood how they, uh, how they arose or how people uh, suffered from them, and, and we're getting on top of how we best deal with them. And I just said, I'm sorry, Prime Minister, but I totally disagree with what you've just been told. I could not disagree with it anymore. We have absolutely no idea how uh, eating disorders, uh, not that you contract it, but how you first suffer from it, um, why you suffer from it, and importantly, how you best treat it. There is a lot of stigma around eating disorders and, and certainly from many of the families and largely young people who've come into my office to talk to me about this. They talk about the walk of shame that they experience when they go into a hospital, for example, that they're blamed for their eating disorder, that they're, if they're a parent, they're blamed for their child's eating disorder. Um, there's a lot of sort of finger pointing. There's a lot of kind of attitude around, why don't you just get it together? You know, why don't you just stop, stop it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which it really does show sort of the lack of understanding of what is a, a mental and physical illness. There's, you know, a deep lack of research around the reasons behind the various eating disorders. So part of the, what we're doing right now is trying to open up that conversation to say, you know, you can't blame people with eating disorders for their disorder. We have to look at what, what are the underlying issues and also better treatments uh, for people and better integrating those treatments, I think, because one thing that's become really obvious to me is the level of fragmentation in the, in the treatment that's available. One of the things that kicks in is eating disorders are so complex and are so challenging that if families have other immediate issues, that's probably what their focus is on. And so it, I think this is one of the challenges that we have to say this stuff is everywhere. It's not just on Sydney's North Shore or or in the you know posh areas. Um, it's just whether the family has the capacity to really deal deal with it. Um, 
And that is that. So that is one of the reasons why we've come together, and to talk about it and to raise awareness. I don't think there'd be an electorate office in the country where someone hasn't phoned in and said at, at the end of their tether, saying, "I don't know what to do. My son or my daughter or my partner uh, is suffering from some sort of eating disorder, and I just can't get the help I need." I'd be stunned if there if there was a single electorate office that said, "Oh no, we never we never have these." Um, but people only come to us at the end of their tether when they've explored all other options. And for some families, it is just too hard to navigate the systems and, and they give up rather than keep going. It shouldn't be that hard. No, none of this should be that difficult. One of the reasons why uh, we wanted to start the Parliamentary Friendship Group for Eating Disorder Awareness is because um, uh, Zoe Daniel and... and uh, Susan Templeman and myself wanted to really um, create a greater awareness of what is happening in our community, and even you know even in two thousand and twenty three, there is still such an incredible stigma uh, around this illness that people for 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 many various and very valid reasons don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, that they have this illness, and 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 I'm certainly not um, uh, pointing a, a finger of blame at, at people who are suffering or families that are going through this. This is an incredibly difficult time for them. It's an incredibly difficult time for the sufferer. But the the amount of stigma that that surrounds eating disorders is phenomenal, and um, that I think comes around through sheer ignorance, I, I'm... Sheer, sheer sheer ignorance of the broader Australian community. So we're seeing an increase in people talking about eating disorders and the work that these politicians are doing and that some journalists are out there doing is definitely pushing things in the right direction. But but we're still skirting around this stereotype of the young wealthy white woman with anorexia nervosa. So the Four Corners story that I took part in was mostly about anorexia nervosa and it was mostly about young white women. And this is something that's not lost on Butterfly CEO Kevin Barrow. Anorexia nervosa constitutes around 3 to 4% of, of all the eating disorders and things like binge eating disorder, which are often not spoken about, constitute in large part the majority of the diagnosis. I think, however, that media often portrays those images because they are very shocking and harrowing and, and they, I guess, activate people to bring about change. But what we do know is one of the challenges for people living in the community with an eating disorder is seeking help. And unless they know that um, their illness is also seen as, as a significant challenge and they feel able to come and speak about that and their clinicians can recognise those signs and symptoms, they won't actually seek help and get the treatment they need. So I, I think it's good that the media, you know, highlights some of the challenges and there are some very harrowing stories, but we can't lose sight of the fact that many people in the community need help and aren't actually seeking it. Certainly, I hear less about binge eating disorder than I'm hearing about anorexia nervosa, but but that's potentially just because of the nature of the conversation that that I've been in with the cohort that I'm working with. I, I think too that the other factor I'm told is that the medical system kind of separates those two disorders as well. So in the hospital system, for example, the eating disorder specialist units really deal with 
anorexia nervosa and and not bulimia and other binge eating disorders so you know there's kind of a separation there and perhaps you're right you know maybe it's a a bigger conversation that we should be bringing together one thing that was pretty obvious during my conversations with these three mps was the power of their constituents i mean these people need your votes to keep their jobs and they will listen so One of the most powerful things we can do, that is the Butterfly Let's Talk community, is that we can reach out and tell them. It's easy to find the contact details for your local representative. It's online or it's just on the front of their office. You might not get the direct response that you're looking for, but the more of us that reach out, the more they will listen. One of my constituents, Joe, came into my office quite soon after I was elected and sat down and talked to me about her daughter, Savannah. Um, Savannah's uh, become more open about her eating disorder and I, I do have permission to, to talk about uh, their situation. And, and Joe explained to me the impact that Savannah's um, eating disorder was having on Savannah herself but also on their family um, the level of pressure that that creates. And that then sort of extended out into me consulting dietitians, GPs, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, those who work in the major hospitals and various other um, people and experts who have sort of links in this space, uh, but also other families uh, who were struggling with this. And it just became clear really quickly just how big of a problem this is, uh, how much bigger a problem it had become over the COVID lockdown period and the fact that the system that we've got currently is not working. And that then led to me raising it in the parliament in several different ways during the back half of last year, which then encouraged a whole lot of other people to come forward to talk to me about this from all around Australia. Zoe Daniel, Susan Templeman and Andrew Wallace are the tip of the spear on this latest push to increase the visibility of eating disorders, but they're not the only parliamentarians involved. In fact, there are 23 federal MPs who've come together to form the Parliamentary Friends Group for Eating Disorder Awareness. Under the previous government, Andrew Wallace was instrumental in getting Australia's first residential eating disorder facility, that is, Wanda Nerida, which is run by Butterfly, off the ground in his electorate on the Sunshine Coast. It's a huge step in the right direction, and all the MPs that we've spoken to have said we need much, much more like it. I was intimately involved with... um uh, working with Greg Hunt, who was the previous health minister in in uh, looking at changing the way we um, we provide assistance to people suffering from eating disorders. Uh, we did a trial, a pilot program here on the Sunshine Coast, uh, which led to the, the doubling of the psychologist visits that uh, people are able to attend, uh, which has since been halved by this current government, unfortunately. Um, but um, uh, so we we did the trial, we did the, the groundbreaking for that. Um, I was involved in getting seventy million dollars in funding for um, effectively replicating Wandi Nerida, uh, the first residential eating disorder facility in every state in the country. Um, disappointingly, uh, whilst that money has gone to the states, um, not one other facility has been constructed. I'm also really keen to see. Uh, 
the states step up into this area. They've been given funding to create residential uh, specific eating disorder facilities. Now, I think they haven't been held to account on that. And the Minister Mark Butler's clearly signalled that he wants to know what's happening to all the money that the previous government provided to them. So there is money there and that's exciting. But hey, it has to be implemented. Um, so mm. we need to be pushing much harder, I think, around those areas. It is not being prioritised. Um, you know, it is true state health department bureaucracy, um, you know, that is winning out here. Um, I, I, I don't think that uh, the state health departments are taking the issue of eating disorders seriously enough. Uh, you know, we, we know um, that, you know, somewhere around a million Australians are suffering from some form of an eating disorder. We know that anorexia nervosa is the, the uh, you know, the most serious um, in, insofar as it kills more people um, than, you know, the, the, the road toll. So um, it beggars belief that uh, as governments that we spend as much money as we do on our roads and road safety, and that's all well and good, and I don't don't, uh, bemoan that. But uh, where we have eating disorders claiming the lives of more Australians, and yet we do bugger all for them. Emma McBride, the Assistant Minister for Mental Health, has a very strong focus on peers, drawing on peer support and drawing on lived experience. That's been really missing. Now, there are many psychologists and psychiatrists who, who I adore and have a great deal of respect for and the work they're doing. But I think we need more uh, to listen more to people who've lived it uh, and to people who've survived it. Uh, and that's that has that's hard to get into a medical model. And that's what I know Emma McBride is working very hard to do, to bring that together. Uh, I have real hope around that because something that looks great in, in a research paper and in a controlled environment may not translate into, you know, the lived experience of people. You have uh, a system of government in Australia where, you know, the Commonwealth are responsible for primary care and aged care. Uh, you have the states responsible largely for the delivery of hospital-based services. And I would say that they don't always connect as well as they could. Um, we also have um, training curriculums that were developed quite some time ago for psychologists, general practitioners and alike. And I think we need to be working in terms of educating the workforce at a really early part of their career to make them very familiar with things like eating disorders. So when they get into the real world, they know what they're looking for and how to deal with that. At the same time, we need states, territories and the federal government to say, okay, what's required to make this better and work in concert to do that. And there are many examples where that's happened. It's just not easy because there are different buckets of money and different priorities at different times. Not even our elected officials can click their fingers and fix a broken system immediately. It's something that's going to take a lot of time, but at least we are moving in the right direction. You and I are having this conversation and I'm having this conversation with the health minister, with the mental health minister, with my parliamentary colleagues at a state and federal level, in the House of Representatives, in the Chamber, in the Parliament, we are talking about this. So there's hope there for the help that is needed uh, in order to support the system. 
to improve things so that when you are going through it, uh, you have the scaffolding that you need to actually get out of it. I am really feeling hopeful that with fantastic colleagues like Zoe and Andrew, the three of us will be a force to be reckoned with in terms of maintaining this on the agenda, keeping the attention to it. And and that's what that's what politicians need. Uh, they need to be constantly reminded. And so I'd really encourage people to keep coming to their local member if they're finding barriers, if there are things they can see could be different that would really help keep that dialogue happening. Even if you've never reached out to your local member before, now is the time and ask them to come and join the parliamentary friend group, friends group uh, so that we can have even greater numbers and have an even greater voice. I would just say this to families that uh, you are not to blame. You are not at fault. Uh, uh, there will be times, many times, where you will feel if only you had done this or if only you had done that or if you had picked up on it sooner. With obviously some exceptions, um, the vast majority of, of people who are walking this journey are not at fault. Uh, they are not to blame. And, um, you know, if you're if your doctor or, or clinician is telling you that, you know, you're a helicopter parent, go and find another doctor. Yeah. Um, you don't need to yeah. hear that rubbish. Great advice. Um, and uh, um, uh, I, I would just, you know, really reiterate that there are support services out there for the families. Um, you just have to reach out. The number to call for support right now is the Butterfly Helpline on 1-800-33-4673. That's 1-800-ED-HOPE. They're open from 8am till midnight, seven days a week, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So if you're struggling right now and you need some help, please give them a call. You can also chat online at butterfly.org.au or email support at butterfly.org.au. Butterfly Let's Talk is produced by Icon Media for Butterfly Foundation with the support of Waratah Education Foundation Limited. I'm Sam Icon, your host and producer. Our executive producers, Camilla Beckett, and Melissa Wilton. And if you could do us a little favour and just leave us a rating and a review, the more positive the better, obviously, we would be eternally grateful. I'm Sam Eichen. Thank you so much for your company. <laughs>